I wanted to take a second to explain a little bit about my my political background and my political orientations. Um, I was raised in a military family. My parents were Republicans um, and conservatives, and uh, and I grew up as a kind of patriotic, you know, conservative as well. Um, and for years, I voted Republican. Uh, for years, I kind of just followed along, believing that conservatives were best served by the Republican Party, and that was, you know, that was that was the right thing to do. Until the presidency, until the campaign of George W. Bush, I think it was his second campaign, and at the time, I remember as I was listening to kind of Republican uh, outlets, like news outlets like Fox News and conservative talk radio, whatever, that I was angry all the time, like constantly just agitated and angry about the state of affairs in the world and the state of affairs in politics and stuff like that. And I, I couldn't understand why. I, I was just like, why am I so angry all the time? Turns out that... Um, the uh, George W. Bush's uh, political strategist, um, gosh, I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head. They called him Pigpen. Anyway, had invented this technique called micro-targeting. And what micro-targeting is, just so you know, is the ability for whatever, you know, the, anybody who's doing advertising to use big data to find the most, like the tiniest little ways that they could figure out how to reach very specific demographics with their messaging. Um, they they have, the, you know, they can analyze big data in all these different ways and find exactly the kind of people that they want to, you know, send a message to and, and, and get that message through. And in the case of George W. Bush's, I believe it was his second, you know, presidential campaign or whatever, the message that they wanted to put out there was like, you gotta, you know, you gotta get out and vote. They were trying to mobilize the base to make sure that he got his second presidency, whatever the hell. Anyway, and so their strategy was to just, you know, agitate us. And I, when I found out about that, I was furious. I was, I was so mortified by this horrible feeling that there was some asshole out there, some group of assholes out there who were just wanging on my panic button, right? Just just hitting the panic button in my brain to, to get me all agitated. And I remember talking to, uh, you know, a close friend at the time and basically just sort of lamenting out loud, like, what can we do? What, what can we do? What, you know, I don't understand. Like, everything is so bad. What can we possibly do? And I realized that what they were trying to do was put me into that state to drive me to, you know, go pull the freaking lever for George W. Bush. And anyway, I was furious. I was so angry once I figured out about that, that uh, about micro-targeting, that I was like, that's it. Okay, I am now going to detox myself from conservative news outlets. I stepped away from Fox News. I stepped away from conservative talk radio. I stepped away from uh, Dredge Report, you know, the, the online stuff. I was just like, okay, no more. And I actually tried for a year to just 
partake of left-leaning outlets. I listened to PBS. I listened to, uh, you know, read The Economist. I whatever you know, you whatever you consider left-leaning type stuff. I listened to kind of left-leaning uh, radio stations and uh, and and all that kind of thing. And what I realized in that period of time was that the people on the left were just as angry as the people on the right. Like they were just as mad. And often they were just as mad about stuff that I was mad about, but they had a slightly different spin. And I thought, okay, well, now I see what's going on. Uh, Now I can see that both sides are being manipulated by interests that are powerful enough to shape the media narrative. And What was fascinating to me was that I had a subscription to Sirius Talk Radio at the time, and there is a commentator, was anyway, a commentator on there named Julie Mason, who, in my humble opinion, is an absolute genius and one of the most interesting political analysts, political media, you know, kind of analysts out there, because her perspective was entirely neutral. As a matter of fact... It was so neutral that she could kind of laugh at the the obvious theatricality of politi- of political moves that were in play and just sort of see right through that crap and just be like, oh, well, okay, they're obviously grandstanding over here or this is just a political ploy to try to gin up, you know, more support or whatever. And as I was listening to Julie Mason, then I, that inspired me to go out in search of more neutral parties, more neutral sources of news. And ever since then, I maintain a a, a kind of steady diet of news sources on the internet. Uh, Pretty much that's it. I mean, you know, I, I, I have a bunch of different news sources that I like to follow from both sides of the aisle, people on the left, people on the right, you know, people who have different perspectives. But when I hear somebody who is giving me real analysis, real value. Um, I, I'm like, okay, that's awesome. That is good stuff. And I just kind of add it into my rotation of, of things that I listen to. So anyway, here's the takeaway for me, you know, and, and this is the talking point, I guess, or, you know, for conversation is that this kind of media manipulation happens on both sides of the aisle, on the left and on the right, and it is relentless. It is constant. It is a constant psychological barrage that is trying to push people into a place of fear, of panic, of paranoia, uh, you know, of partisan action. Um, neither side is good. Both sides are bad. Both sides are manipulative. Uh, and, and both sides are in, are, are actually motivated by, by factors that we, that we have to be, become more aware of. And that's what segment two of this particular podcast will be about is exactly what is that segment and, you know, what, how, how can we identify it? How can we know stuff about it? Um, anyway, so, so that's number one, you know, if you're going to talk to me, please understand that uh, I, I look at both sides as being manipulated by the powerful interest groups that are out there. Um, in most cases, they have media pundits that are in their pocket that are, you know, echoing their talking points. 
that's number one. So I strongly recommend that people develop their own kind of neutral media diet. And uh, there was a second point that I was going to make. But I don't remember what it was. Anyway, so there you go. So develop a neutral media diet, friends, new friends. Um, You know, go out there, find neutral sources or find sources on both sides of the aisle that are talking about the same kinds of things. Um, Because at least it can give you a little bit more perspective. It will make it very interesting as you start to realize just how much psychological warfare is being enacted against us all, all the time. And it will help you get more perspective. And and I honestly believe it will give you some more peace in your life as well. Because honestly, once you stop believing all that bullshit, man, it takes a lot of pressure off. It really does. Anyway, uh... Thanks for listening, new friends, and uh, we'll we'll segue into segment two. Okay. I realized what it was that I wanted to say that I forgot. I realized what it is that I wanted to say that I completely forgot, which is I now identify myself as a conservative libertarian. I believe in liberty. Uh, I am a conservative in the sense that I believe in wherever possible, less government control, less government uh, uh, meddling is, is better Um, I'm conservative on some social issues, although not all. Um, and, and I consider myself really to be more of a rational kind of moderate as, as far as a lot of social issues are concerned. Uh, you know, I'm a, a, a modern man. I have a family. I have a number of young, not young children, but children who are young adults or teens or whatever. So I can't, I can't be, I don't know. I I can't be an old fuddy duddy as far as life is concerned, but conservative libertarian. Um, and I guess the, the takeaway that I want to share kind of with you, potential new friends is that Democrats and Republicans, the duocracy, the party in the American duocracy, Republicans are not conservatives and Democrats are not liberals. Republicans and Democrats are a very specific thing. They are political parties that are dedicated to basically strangling the life out of their mortal opposition so that they can keep their claws on the, you know, the controls of power that that drive government. This is my perspective. Anyway, Republicans are not conservative because if you if you look at their voting record or their budgets or pretty much anything that's out there, they seem very, very comfortable with enacting policies that are actually not conservative at all. Uh, quite, quite the contrary. And by the same token, Democrats are not liberal because they have the amazing ability to pay lip service to liberal ideals and then flip around and just toss all that shit out the window for, for convenience purposes. So, look, 
Republicans and Democrats are political parties. I am a conservative. I don't put my alliance with either one of those political parties. When Donald Trump was advanced kind of during the primary process, I actually sent an email to the to the Republican Party in in the state where I live. And I said, look, uh, if you put that guy in front of me, there's no way I'm going to stand up and vote for this dude. I know I don't. I don't like him. I don't like his character, you know, whatever. And uh, and that's after years of being asked to hold my nose and vote for candidates that I simply didn't believe in. I did not believe in, uh, what's his name, Bob Dole. I did not believe in uh, Mitt Romney. You know, they asked me to stand up and vote for these guys. And I'm like, uh, no, McCain, that's another one. Jesus Christ. I was like, are you kidding me with this? No, I don't want any of these assholes. Anyway, long story short, they ran Trump up the flagpole and I was like, no. And I, I, I got a very meanly worded response from the, uh, the, poli- uh, the, the political party in my state, basically saying, look, you know, we all have the responsibility to stand up and salute when, you know, when, when the primary process offers up our candidate or whatever. And I was like, okay, we'll see you later. I'm going to vote independent from now on. I'm not, I ain't on board with that crap. If I see a reason to vote for somebody, I'm going to vote for who I believe in. And that's it. So anyway, uh, please stop. Here's a quick note. Okay. Number one, remember that political parties are not the same thing as political ideals. That's number one. And number two, Please stop believing that you you're gonna quote unquote throw your vote away if you vote for something other than the the duocracy parties. That's ridiculous. It's it's beyond ridiculous. If Trump proves anything, it's that if you have a a group of people that believe in you and back you, and they stick to their guns and the candidate sticks to their guns, it is possible to get elected. Heck, even uh, Bernie, same thing. Right. Like if he stuck to his guns and basically forced the Democratic Party to bend the knee to him and the Bernie Krats who were out there, we would have had a very different contest, a very different contest. But no, you know, he he bent the knee to the Democrat, the, the Democrat Party and uh, and those interests. And instead, we got Hillary Rodham Clinton. So anyway. Uh, right. So that was the second thing that I wanted to share from segment one. Anyway. OK, moving on. Segment three. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm sitting here in the quiet with my dogs and I realized that I needed to put something up there for people to listen to uh, and react to. Just introducing myself is not enough. So let's get into one of my favorite topics, which is the fact that most Americans and certainly I would, I don't know, I might be able to even extend this out to say, most people who are in representative democracies, they don't seem to understand how, like what their government is actually based on. Um, we, in, in my country, in the United States, we seem to have this notion that our government and, the, and, and what the government is going to do is based on some sort of 
principles. It's based on, you know, some sort of idea that, you know, these are good people who are working for us and they're, you know, they're, they're going to help us and stuff like that. The fact of the matter is that in the United States, and, and I, and I would venture to say probably in most representative democracies, the democratic government that is elected is, is built around influence, not principle, but influence. And influence really translates into money. Politicians are not elected because they're good people who care about people and they want to help people. They're elected because they are they are responsive to the people that are going to give them the money that they need to get into office. And once they're in office, they're going to fight to protect the people who helped to get them elected and, and help to reflect the, inf- uh, the influence of those people. So in other words, like, you can have these politicians who stand up there and, you know, they say how much they care about people and they care about this, and they care about that. But in point of fact, what matters is who paid to get them into office and what things do those people care about that they want the politicians to fight for or to fight over or to, you know, or to push. In every single election cycle, we as a people will look at the politicians who stand up and somehow, and I don't know how or why, we just keep falling into this goofball notion that, oh, that's a good person. That person really cares about me. And of course, you know, they're very polished speakers. They're charismatic people. They're, you know, they, they look good on camera. Maybe they look good sitting on a horse, whatever the hell it is. And so... We we vote for them like, oh, that's a good person. That person is a good person. We'll, and we'll vote for them. And then they'll get into office and they'll do things. And we are confused. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Why did that pass? Or why did this legislation go through? Or why did this policy get put into place? Without ever stopping to think about, fine, you care about what that person looked like. Who paid to put them into office? What major businesses are located in their state. You know, what what billionaires do they dine with or, you know, attend their their garden parties or whatever the hell? That's what's going to determine what the policy decisions are. Not whether or not you think they're a quote-unquote good person. The goodness of a person is irrelevant to their electability. That is not a thing that matters. And this naivete on the part of the elective, uh, the electoral populace, like now that I've stepped out of, you know, out of whatever, you know, being super partisan or super aligned to any particular partisan side, now that I've stepped out of it, it drives me crazy. When I look at these people who are like, oh, this person is so good, they're so noble, they're so great, and then the policies get enacted that are you know, radically different from whatever it is that you think that you're, you know, that person believes in or whatever the heck. I'm like, how does that surprise you? Why would that surprise you? So look, if you're within the sound of my speaking voice, understand that politics is not based on character. It's not based on principle. It's based on influence. 
and you need and once you start to look at at, at it in that way everything that politicians start to do everything that the government starts to do makes a lot more sense it'll stop being confusing and maybe we can stop being misled by our naivete all right there you go that's one complete rant and i'm gonna stop right there hey hit me back with comments if you got something to say or if you got a different perspective or even if you agree i'd like that too all right bye-bye